but it is uh, time to introduce uh, our Youth Friday panel and uh, a big welcome as well uh, to the studio to Isabel Gurure. Good morning to you. Morning. Uh, a big good morning as well to Liam Trainer. Liam, how are things? Good, how are you? Very well. And also to Saoirse Talti. Hello. <laughs> they, they all have a nervous look in their eye, like they're 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 kind of happy to be here, but they're slightly worried as well. Don't worry, it's it's all going to be fine. And we also have uh, Josh Kaman in studio with us as well, and so you're going to be performing oh, yeah. later with Josh. That's see now, Josh yeah. isn't even on a microphone, and he's happy out there. Um, they're going to be performing later on as well. They're all involved uh, with a project, music project to do uh, with Clare Youth Service. And before we get to some of our our topics, guys, I might just ask each of you about what project you're involved in with the youth service. Uh, Isabel, can you tell us? Uh, what project you're involved with? Yeah, so I'm involved with Corlin and Oak. So we like tackle issues that young people in Ireland feels most important to them. Yeah, and I know I, I've uh, spoken to people involved with Corlin and Oak, both in Clare and other counties, and it's that's involved in every county in the country. And it it seems to be such a great outlet for young people, you know, giving them a say in what goes on in the the affairs of the country and politics and and, and other issues that I suppose maybe young people feel otherwise they wouldn't have a voice in. Yeah, it is nice to have a say in stuff and times that like when we can talk to people who are in decision-making roles that it is nice to like have our input and have our voices heard. So how long have you been involved with Corlin and Oak and Clare? Oh, since the summer, so... Almost a year. <laughs> Very good. And you, you, you've gotten a taste for it. Are, are we going to be seeing you on a, a ballot paper in a future election at some point down the line? <laughs> Mum said no politics. So. Oh, did she? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> was, it, was that the condition of you joining Corlin and Oak? Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? The older you get, the less she can stop you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay. Um, what about yourself, Liam? What project are you involved with? I'm also involved in Corlin and Oak. Oh, very good. Okay. And how long are you involved with that? Uh, I think it was like September of last year that I was, that I joined. I, I don't fully remember. Uh, like, and what kind of made you, what compelled you to join? Had you just heard, I, I, and maybe I, the same for, for Isabel as well, had you heard good things about it or? Yeah, and I, like I heard good things about it and I also heard like some of the work that they did and I wanted to help out in that sense, like wanted to help give young people a voice in a way. Okay, and how have you found it so far? Has it been as positive as, as Isabel's experience? Yeah, it has been. Like, there's been a good few, like, trips as well, like, uh, with it. So, like, we went to, like, the first stall in the Nog uh, since COVID. Then uh, I went to, like, a drug consultation thing as well. And a few other things to try and help give young people their voice and, like, to see their views on certain topics. And do you find your... Um getting your teeth into all of that are there elements that involved Corlin and Oak that maybe you hadn't experienced before and you know like I know Isabel has been told no politics but maybe the the political side of it you're kind of finding you have a bit of a taste for it or mm, I'm not too sure like some of the politic um, kind of side of it is fun to do in a way but like I've never had a taste for any of them before until kind of joining Corlin and Oak so you never know unless you try something like Exactly. If you're not in, you can't win, as they say. And, and it's about actually just to go back to yourself. I mean, with what you've done with Corlin and Oak so far, is there kind of um, a sense of satisfaction or achievement that you're kind of uh, accomplishing things that maybe you wouldn't have been able to if you weren't be a part of a, of, of a group like Corlin and Oak? Yeah, definitely. Like, 
having the opportunity, like, first of all, to meet so many different people who have, like, same views as you, who want to try to change stuff is really nice. And, yeah, just getting to have your say in stuff is really, really nice as well. Yeah, it's it's nice. It's nice to be heard, Liam, isn't it? Do, do you have a kind of a sense of satisfaction from things you've been doing with Corlin and Oak? Yeah, I do as well. Like, it, it's great to know um, that what I'm doing is helping get young people's voice out there. And it's nice to know that uh, everything we do kind of goes to um, the actual doll or I think it's like the doll, but it goes to somewhere like that and our things will get heard somehow anyway. That does end product with it. Yeah. Okay, very good. Well, uh, we will watch. Have you, has any restrictions been put on you by your parents? You've been told not to get into politics or <laughs> anything uh, like that? No, I don't think they have anyway. <laughs> okay. If they have, I've already forgotten it. <laughs> <laughs> good man, that's the best thing, you know. Uh, plausible deniability, uh, as they call it. Okay, yeah. so that's Isabel and Liam are involved with Corlin and Nogue. Uh, what about yourself, Sir? You're, you, you're involved with the, the music project. Tell us a bit more about that. Uh, yeah, well, I go to Clare Youth Service, so in that I kind of just go in to play music with the band that I'm in. So we play music and then there's gigs sometimes that happen in the youth service or like in some other places. We had one in the boxing club in Ennis once, so that was really fun. You get to kind of like go places and it's really fun to just play music. I feel like it's a great outlet for kids, especially for them to like have this place to go to play music and to tell their story. I feel like that's important to have. What um, kind of you're clearly you're a, mu- you're a music fan before getting involved with oh, yeah. it? What, what I'm, I'm going to guess are you into heavier music, maybe emo, something stuff of that nature? <laughs> um, well, I listen to some like Nirvana, so that would be like grunge stuff, and then um, I'm in like a rock band. Well, it is a rock band, but like um, so I've kind of been like shifting more towards like some rock music because I've had to learn like covers and stuff. And I've gotten kind of into that. And then like some indie stuff, I guess you call it. Kind of like softer stuff. Okay, here's a here's a true music fan question for you. What's your favourite Nirvana album? My favourite, Bleach. Oh, I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're a real fan, you always go for Bleach or Neutro. Yeah. <laughs> go for Nevermind. As good as it is. Yeah, God, make, make me feel my age. I remember the day Kurt Cobain died. Um, anyway, oh, that's uh, enough Enough about that. Uh, uh, we could do with him around these days. Uh, tell us a bit about your band. What, what's, uh, what's the name of the band and what kind of stuff do you play? Um, well, I'm in a band called Disorder 5 and we play kind of rock music. Um, we have like kind of shifted out for more covers but with our original stuff and most of our covers it's mostly rock and other things um we have an instagram and tiktok so by all means plug them <laughs> what, what are the handles so some shameless plugging um uh, just disorder underscore five on both i'm pretty sure okay very good folks check them out and uh, josh <laughs> who's hanging back there is in the band yeah he's a he's a guitarist and he does some of the singing and then we have another guitarist ollie and then a drummer, Nora, and a ba- and a bassist, uh, Nathan. Very good. And are you on lead vocals? Yeah. <laughs> Lovely stuff. And, and and like the the project has has clearly helped the band. You know, getting gigs oh, and, yeah, and that kind of a thing. Like, it's given us a great like place to start with. And I don't know. We've we've had with like a lot of opportunities being a part of the music project. We've got to play in like music festivals, and we got to play in the RDS up in Dublin oh. last year. Yeah, and that's coming around again for the IY Mays, the Irish Youth Music Awards. So that's coming up again soon during May. So we're all very excited for that. 
Well, best of luck with it. I was going to say watch the space for uh, music from you further down the line, but we're not going to have to wait too long because yourself and Josh are going to be playing for us later <laughs> on. So we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll get a flavour of that then. Um, OK, folks, look, we'll, 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 we'll talk a bit about uh, some of the stories that we are going to have a chat about uh, now on the show. And uh, the first one is one we were talking about earlier in the week, and it's the uh, changes to the primary school curriculum uh, that um, the Norma Foley, the education minister, uh, is uh, hoping to bring in. And these will be the first changes in 25 years so it would see a move towards more fact-based subjects so there'll be more of an emphasis on science maths an increased focus on pupil well-being more time would be given over to uh, the arts social and environmental education to ensure young people are more aware of climate change and other issues facing the planet um, and there'd be less emphasis on uh, religious education Um, so that's fairly big changes Isabel what did you think, or what are your thoughts on that when you heard uh, about these changes, you know, given your experience at primary school? I do think the changes are really good. I know when I made the transition from sixth class to first year back in 2018, it was a very like big jump. We went from doing maybe like three or four subjects to all of a sudden doing 11 that like I had no knowledge on. So I think it's good that like students get a taste of them and a bit of an understanding of the subjects before you have to study them for your junior cert. So I do think there's like a good view on that. Quite that's a, a quite a jump in terms of the the number of subjects you're 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 going to do once you go into into secondary school. Was it a bit overwhelming? It was, yeah, because I went from doing maybe maybe maths, Irish. English and then sometimes we do geography, sometimes history, sometimes science, but not never really in depth to all of a sudden doing loads of subjects and a language as well on top of that, which for me was German. And just knowing how to balance that and how to study for them took a bit of time to get used to. Just particularly with the languages, do you, do you think it would have been a real advantage had you learnt German or you know a, a language in primary school that you know you would have had some grasp of it once you went into secondary school? I think so. Yeah, at least maybe a basic understanding of the language, because I know in first year it was like a whole jump from ten subjects. You're doing Irish at a very advanced level. You're I'm now doing German and there's maths that was very different because before we were taught that numbers before zero did not exist and (laughs) now all of a sudden they do. So I definitely think that the curriculum has improved. God, I, I can just picture you coming home with it, like uh, mountains of homework <laughs> once you yeah. went into secondary school <laughs> nearly crying your eyes out. Okay, uh, Liam, what, what, what do you make of these changes to the, the primary school curriculum and, you know, would it have been something you would have liked to have experienced when you were in primary school? Like, I, I do say it's a good idea, especially with, like, how they say they're bringing down, like, the religion, like, uh, like kind of toning down, like, the amount they're doing with it. But I feel like if they're going to do that, they should put more time into... Uh, like maybe teaching all religions since Ireland has such a a diverse group of um, people now with different religious ideals and stuff that if they're to do it don't put as much of an emphasis on one like let's say the teacher is Catholic don't put that much emphasis on it and put more um, or equal emphasis on all the religions and then I also do say like it is a good idea to bring in the the language because 
like even uh, as Isabella said, it would have been better to understand the language before going into the secondary school because at least you would have more of an understanding of it. Uh, but like actually from our experience in primary school, our principal, which was also our teacher, and um, he was very good where he tried teaching us a good few of the subjects. He may not have went fully in depth, but especially with the language, he gave us a bit of like lang- uh, lessons in French because like he did that in his secondary school. So he wanted us to have a bit of an understanding of a language before going in. So I do say like the changes would be a very good idea, uh, especially if they go more in depth with some of the subjects. Yeah, so you, like once once you went into secondary, you weren't starting from from zero. You had a little bit of a grasp of the language and kind of had a sense of what to expect. Yeah, the the religious point is very very interesting. Um, that whatever time is given to religious education, you feel should be given that the, the way Ireland has changed, yeah. and there's so many different cultures and people with of different faiths and religious backgrounds that whatever time is given over, even though there's going to be a reduced emphasis, it should be, um, as you say, split evenly between various religions teaching them. Uh, you know, when Carl Crowson was talking about it, he felt that it's something that, um, you know, parents, the religion, if, if you know, the, that really the parents should be teaching their children at home, that, that the focus should be at doing that at home and not in school. Yeah, like, as I said, like, it is a good idea to do that as well. But, like, if they are to teach it in school it should be equal for all of them and not saying, let's say, because I know maybe some teachers uh, with their religion may say, this one's right and all the others could be wrong. Like some of them may have uh, like more of a bias to their religion. So that's why I say, if they're to teach religions, teach it all equally and not have an emphasis to their one. Because in a way you could be forcing it upon the the kids. Which is why I say if they're to teach it at schools, at least equal it out for all religions. Yeah, no, very interesting point. And I see, uh, Sir, you were were nodding there in agreement. That's that the religious aspect is something you agree wholeheartedly with, Lehman? Yeah, I do agree that if you're going to teach religion in school, like especially primary schools, to spread it out amongst all religions, because especially if there's a kid in the class that isn't like... So in Ireland, most of the schools are Catholic. So they're going to be teaching a lot of the Catholic beliefs and stuff. So if there's a child in there that's, let's say, Muslim, then that doesn't apply to them because they don't believe in any of that. Mm. And it's really just not fair on that kid to only be taught about one religion. So I feel like that could be confusing for the kid or something. So to spread it out amongst all religions, I feel like that would be very beneficial for all the kids. But to also cut down on religion in schools, because especially like from my experience in secondary school, religion isn't very like oh, you need all these details about all the different things. It's more like you read this thing about religion and then explain using it like what community is in a religious sense or something. So it's not really very detail-oriented. It's more broad and you can have your own ideas on it. And that's kind of, I think, better to have it like that instead of just like forcing all these facts down your throat. Yeah, okay. So yeah, yeah, I feel like it's helpful to like let you explore your own beliefs and having all these different options, I feel like it's good to let yourself decide instead of being told what's right and what's wrong. Just before we finish on this one, um, Saoirse, and staying with you, you know, the, what I found interesting about it was that there'd be uh, more emphasis on like environmental education so that young people would be more aware of climate change, the other issues facing the planet and, and pupil well-being because, of course, going through the two years of COVID, um, school students 
faced a lot of pressure and, you know, they became more aware of their mental health. Definitely, Does that strike yeah. you as a positive direction to go in for the curriculum? Yeah, I definitely think that focusing in on children's well-being is very important because I remember when I was in sixth class, COVID hit and then I was like, there was online school and then when I came into first year, it was online school again. So I didn't have the, like, in-school teaching face-to-face. So when that all came back, it was all, like, so much and there was just like so much homework down on top of that and it was just a lot coming in at the same time and I had to like like really focus in on school to like pick myself back up after all of that and make sure that I was ready for the junior cert so I feel like that really like affected me I guess like it put a lot of stress on me and I had to like do all these different things to like get myself back to like up to where I should be and where everyone else was if COVID didn't hit, you know. So I think that's very important to, like, focus in on their mental health, see how they're doing, like, check in that school isn't too much for them, making sure that they are in an okay mental place to be doing all of this stuff and to make sure that it's not as stressful as it, like, could be. Yeah, so. stri- yeah like yourself, it strikes me these are, those would be very interesting and positive changes. It'd be interesting to see uh, how they go once they are brought in. Uh, we're going to take a break now on Morning Focus and we'll return very shortly with our Youth Friday panel. And you're very welcome back to the show where we are continuing with our Youth Friday panel. Isabel Garure, Liam Trainer, and Saoirse Talti in studio. And Saoirse's bandmate Josh Command is standing by ready to uh, rock out. <laughs> so we'll get a bit of that in just a little while. Uh, we're going to go on to our next topic though, guys. And uh, earlier in the week we were talking about the Citizens' Assembly on drug use, uh, which is uh, being established and uh, is going to uh, meet on the 14th of April. So it's going to be made up of 100 people. There'll be an independent chairperson, uh, which is Paul Reid, who was the former CEO of the HSC, and 99 members of the general public who will be chosen from the applications of those interested based on age, profile, gender and location. And young people, the views of young people, as well as those who've uh, experience of, of, of drug use uh, will be in, involved as well. Um, when we were joined uh, earlier on in the week by Jerry Murphy from uh, uh, Bushy Park Treatment Centre, you know, he was discussing it and was making some interesting points that you know, about potential decriminalisation of drugs and possession of, of drugs and also, you know, highlighting positive, uh, potential positives and dangers of doing so. Just to start with yourself, Isabel, what, what do you make of this? Is it a you know, is it a positive development that this citizens' assembly on drug use is going to happen? That young people are having their say, and that they you know ultimately could make recommendations, be it decriminalising drugs or certain drugs. I feel like there's well with the citizens' assembly. I think that's a good thing to see how it affects the people who are chosen to go there. Because some people might have a family member that has struggled with addiction and they feel like, you know, drugs should stay criminalised. Well, some people say it shouldn't be criminalised. But I think it's within a certain extent. Like, sometimes in the news you'll see, oh, 500,000 euro worth of, I don't know, some type of drug was seized. And I think that's kind of pushing it. It was, I think there's like a fine line between what should and shouldn't happen. Yeah, so that at least we're going to get a more rounded picture. You'll hear the, the upsides and the, the potential upsides and downsides of it. Yeah. Okay. Well, what about yourself, Liam? Do you think it's what? What are your thoughts on this? Is it a good thing that it's happening? Like in a way, it is a good thing that's happening. Like that they're having a look at uh, what they should do, and I I say they should legalize maybe certain drugs like medical cannabis because 
uh, in this country, uh, like anyone who needs it, will be going to somewhere like Holland to get it and coming back. So if they're to legalize it, they could nearly um, get rid of some of the drug lords and like that, which will in turn maybe drop some of the murders to do with all that and everything. So in a way, they should legalize maybe certain drugs, but not all of them, because uh, as like some of them can be very bad, but it would be a good idea to at least legalize maybe certain ones, as I said, like medical cannabis, because they could be used um, in turn and take down drug lords and all that in a way. Yeah, no, interesting point um, that Liam is making, Saoirse, particularly, you know, and it was something I did put to Jerry Murphy that, look, if some drugs were decriminalised, you would have potential positives, like you'd be taking it out of the hands of the criminals, um, then because it would be more regulated, perhaps you get a better quality drug, it might lead to less health issues, which would ease the strain on our health services. We've seen with some of the states in the US that have uh, legalised cannabis that they've been able to use the revenue from it to pump into education and uh, health and other areas. Um, but I suppose, and y- you know, you do have to fa- factor in that some people um, do 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 struggle with drugs. So it's it's impo- do you feel it's important that uh, the, the the assembly gets a more a more rounded picture? And what's what's your own feeling on? Do you think, like Liam was saying, some drugs should be do- like medicinal cannabis because there are people out there who who need that for medical reasons yeah i think it would be good to like make some of them legal and then most of them not legal because whether they're legal or not people are gonna find a way to get them and then sell them off and that could be way more unhealthy than just having like a few types legal i feel like it could be healthier for people to have them because there wouldn't be like extra stuff in them that like drug lords could put in them to make people more addicted. Yeah, that they I don't. Guess. Yeah, they don't. They don't know what they're taking. Yeah, exactly. Like you could buy something off someone and not know exactly what it is, and then have like another addiction that you didn't even know that you had because they've put extra stuff into this. So I feel like if it if like some of them were legal and it was like safe and you knew exactly what was in it, it would be way more beneficial for like addiction and stuff so you wouldn't be addicted to like other things as well as whatever you're taking I guess I don't know and and I suppose Isabel I mean look there has to be conversations about all of this because we've we're not the only country where we've been doing the same thing for decades and decades and it's clearly not working Um, you know Jerry Murphy was making the point that shouldn't so for some people the drug issues it's a health issue not a they don't they shouldn't be criminalized for it and the war on drugs has failed so we we need to take a different approach yeah exactly like they've said already some people need it for like to relieve pain from like certain treatments that they're doing while some people are doing it recreationally i think i said that right um but yeah, I think it, it's just down to the person and again, down to the government on what they decide to do and how they decide to tackle this issue. Oh. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll, we await with interest what's going to happen. That first meeting is uh, going to take place on the 14th of April. Um, the work of the Assembly expected to be completed and there are reports submitted to the Houses of the Oireachtas by the end of this year. We will move on to this weekend, uh, Oscars weekend. Lots of Irish interest, as I mentioned, and uh, we're hoping that uh, some, or if not all of them, will win. But we've been asking the listeners 
what their favourite film of all time is and why and we're giving away that pair of tickets to the, the Marty Party which has taken place at the University Concert Hall in Limerick this evening and uh, lots of people getting in touch on this uh, here's one uh, my favourite movie is Dirty Dancing I love it because it's the last movie I watched with my mother before she passed away and now my daughter and niece will sit and watch it with me that's from Christina from Ennis thanks very much for that uh, Christina um Liam, before we get to your favourite film, have you have you seen any of the films that are in the running uh, uh, for the for the, the the best film at the Oscars? I haven't gone to around to watching some of them. Like I want to watch the Banshee Banshee of Inisherin, but I haven't gotten a chance to watch it yet. Like my mum and dad have watched it, and they said it is very good. Mm. So I am going to watch it soon. So. Yeah, yeah, I have to say I really enjoyed it, but I think some people are. It seems to be dividing opinion. Some people think, oh, it's not that funny and it's too dark. Um, but I don't. I, I really enjoyed. It. I think just the every, every all the actors in it are are fantastic. Uh, what about what about yourself, Sir? Have you seen any of them? Top Gun, Maverick, Everything Everywhere All at Once, the Elvis movie. Uh, I've seen Top Gun. I haven't seen any of the other ones though. Is is it any good? Oh yeah, it was really good. Yeah. I watched it with my parents in the cinema. It was really good. Yeah, I've heard that because you know. I've seen the original Top Gun, I enjoyed it, but when a sequel comes out decades later, it's rare enough that they're good. Like the Blade Runner 2049 was meant to be excellent, and that was nearly 40 years after the original Blade Runner. But mm-hmm. they, have you seen the original Top Gun? Or? Uh, yeah, I saw both of the Top Guns, and I do think there's a lot of like, when they bring something back 20 years later, it's a bit like, oh, is this <laughs> yeah, going to yeah. be good? Is this going to be bad? But this one, they definitely did it well, and it was good. I suppose so, they, they they can CGI out all of, you know the wrinkles on, on Tom Cruise's face. Yeah. <laughs> what about yourself, Isabel? Seen any of them? I actually haven't, but I know the one that I have seen on the list of nominations is Black Panther. I know Angela Bassett's nominated for Best Supporting yeah. Actress, and I watched that one in cinema, and it was really good. However, I haven't seen any of the best pictures. Was that the the Wakanda for forever? forever? Yeah. yeah, and I've heard I've heard good things about that. Okay, Isabel, what what's your favorite film of all time? Changes constantly. <laughs> <laughs> I know currently it's probably My Policeman. Um, it was a book ad- adaptation that was turned into a movie a couple of months ago. Okay. Um, I know the l- leads is one of the leads is Harry Styles, and I just love the movie. It's set in the sixties about these um, two young men who fall in love but can't be together because of the times, and I think it's just a really beautiful book and movie. Okay, Harry Styles, he's everywhere, isn't he? He'll be presenting this show next before I know it. Um, what about yourself, Liam? What's your favourite film? Uh, like Isabella, I have like two, or ch- it changes constantly, and I have like two favourites. My first one is Avengers Endgame because they brought all the superheroes like together. And then my next one would have to be like a Disney movie, like The Good Dinosaur, or something like that. <laughs> I, I know it's a childish movie and everything, but like the reason no, why... No, nothing wrong with liking a Disney yeah. movie. Yeah, but like the reason why it'd be my favourite is like due to the fact I, I watched it with my niece and two nephews one time and like it was because of them that I made me kind of like it because like it, it's just like the fun to sit down and watch it with them, I guess. Yeah, look, that's, isn't, that, yeah. isn't that what Disney films are all about? Kind of family kind of experience. Um, what about yourself, Saoirse? Have you a, a, a favourite film of all time or, or like the guys, does it kind of change from, depending on what you've seen recently? Uh, no, mine doesn't really change because if I'm, I'm going to be honest, I don't really like watching movies. 
I don't what? have Yeah, no, I don't have the attention span <laughs> for movies, so most of the time my favorite movies will be like small or like really childish because they keep your attention better <laughs> than really serious movies. So my my favorites would be like the Alice in Wonderland like saga, I guess. Yeah. The three movies of that, um Bridge to Terabithia or um 10 Things I Hate About You. 10 Things I Hate About You. That's an old That's, school. Like Heath Ledger and Yeah, yeah it's yeah, a classic. Yeah. You can't not like it. Well, I'm sure someone will text in and say, I don't like it. But anyway, 086-1800-964 if you want to disagree with Saoirse. Okay, we're going to get uh, music from uh, Saoirse and Josh very shortly. Just to finish then, we've got so much response to um, family heirlooms, prized possessions. Um, Isabel, is there any memorabilia or like heirlooms at home or anyone you know that kind of holds a special memory for you? I know at home we have this necklace that was given to my mom when she was 20 by her dad and it's been passed down to me and not wearing it today but I forgot <laughs> but um as long as you know where it is <laughs> I, I do I do I know where it is I think I lost it for about a week but I found it so it's good but yeah it's very very close to us the heart skipped a few beats that week, I'd say. <laughs> it did, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, at least you know where it is now. Um, Liam, have you a, a family heirloom or is there something, a bit of memorabilia at home that means a lot to you? Yeah, they're like, uh, my dad gave me his father's um, watch because like before I was born, a uh, my grandfather died. So when I was like, was it two years ago or something like that, my dad gave me his watches and... Uh, like it's nice to know that they've been passed down from three uh, trainer generations and then like with my mom she has like I think it's uh, black cups and like uh, pottery kind of like that and it was her grandmother who got it and mm. it was like because like when her grandmother and grandfather started going out uh, it was like at some form of festival or something like eh her grandfather like had to push him up the street and her <laughs> grandmother said don't drop them they're breakable <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's lovely you have those particularly as I say with your grandfather passing away before you were yeah. born to have that uh, would make you think of him and uh, Saoirse to finish with yourself any kind of memorabilia or anything at home that uh, means a lot to you I don't think we have anything like too far down the line but I do have a tendency to just take stuff and then just keep it for example this hoodie is it mine? I'm, I'm reluctant to ask where you're taking these things from. Well, no, they're from my parents. Like, okay, not this, the shops. This, this, this hoodie used to be my dad's and then I just, because I lost my black hoodie. Yeah. So I went into his wardrobe to see if he had one and I found this and then I went down to the kitchen and I said, can I borrow this? And he goes, you can just have it. So I kind of just have a tendency to take things and then just, I end up keeping them. Sersha the magpie okay fair enough okay and on that note uh, we will leave it there um, my thanks to all of you for being part of our Youth Friday panel Isabel Garure Liam Trainer, and Sersha Talti and uh, we did mention that Sersha and Josh uh, are involved with the music project and we're going to get a song from them now so Isabel and Liam I might get you to just move back a slight bit in case uh, uh, Josh does any uh, Pete Townsend style swings of his hand while he's strumming the guitar <laughs> so uh, what song are you going to play for us lads? Um, well, oh, I can't play them talking. Uh, <laughs> um, an original song called uh, You Deserve Better that was written around last year, I'd say. Yeah, I think, yeah, I, think I wrote around it around Around the time that I joined the band. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. When, th- when, when the music oh, started sounding oh, much better when yeah. Saoirse joined the band. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> okay, brilliant stuff. Uh, Josh and Saoirse, uh, take it yeah. away, guys. Okay, okay. can you get my pick? Okay. You ready? Yep. Yeah. 
Alright. But I treat you like dirt And I didn't mean to But it almost to hurt I broke your heart And you broke mine too You treat me like a stranger And I don't fully blame you It's such a shame I say now we're both to blame You deserve someone to treat you right Somebody wants to hold you tight To the edge until I fell Fell under your devilish spell And I love you as much as I hate your guts You broke my heart and it drove me nuts It's such a shame I see now we're both to blame You deserve someone to treat you right Somebody wants to hold you tight Well done, lads. Very, very good. And it's getting the applause of everyone in the studio. Ah, bus. Uh, congratulations. And uh, we'll be keeping an ear out for more from uh, both of you uh, in time to come. Uh, your other bandmates will be jealous now they weren't in the studio playing along. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my thanks uh, to Saoirse and to Josh and again to Isabel and Liam for being part of the panel.